See that little red light? It's on, and yeah. I'm going to bring it up right now. Okay. The, the glove should have been off years ago. We should have been having real criticism. And the discussion after Brazil, Max, was can we beat the Colombias and the Belgians and the Argentinas of the world? Are you kidding me? We can't beat Trinidad on a field that's too wet and too heavy? <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? This is the discussion that's being had. It's, it's remarkable to me when I go in this stupid thing right here at how ignorant people are when the rest of the world, Belgium played Bosnia on a cow pasture. Welcome to the latest episode of Fearless Frustrations. I'm your co-host Soma Lambert, joined by Noah Net. where every episode we're going to lead into the show with a different rant. That was Taylor Twelman going off on the U.S. men's soccer team when they unfortunately did not uh, make the World Cup just a previous couple years ago. And Noah, just paint the beautiful picture of Taylor Twelman for me. I want to I want to give you this. This is one of my favorite quotes of all time. The definition of insanity is doing the exact same thing and knowing the result. Hands down has to be my favorite rant of all time. Has to be. Yeah, so when, uh, when they missed that World Cup over last summer, it was the worst like miss of a World Cup I had ever seen. They had over a 95% chance to make it into the World Cup. And this is just encapsulating what we're trying to do here. Just a beautiful rant to set the tone for today's show. We got a lot to talk about. The All-Star Weekend now behind us. We'll kind of break down the dunk contest as it was. Um, we have a lot of Zion Williamson to talk if you were watching the game last night. Um, there, there's a lot on my mind about that. So yeah, we'll get, let's, let, let's get right into that with my number one frustration, uh, of the week. And it's the fact that, you know, obviously Zion went down. We'll talk about the shoe incident and we'll really dissect that for what it is because I'm, I'm along with every coach and fan in America that has never, ever seen anything like that before the guy literally planted so hard that his foot came out through the bottom of the shoe i mean if that doesn't paint the picture of how unique and just rare of a specimen zion williamson is i think that put it into perspective last night yeah this reminds me of the nike jerseys when they first got introduced into the nba so players like lebron would dunk so hard that the whole back yeah. would rip out yeah that was that was a huge problem i'm glad you brought that up players jerseys were starting to rip just crazy and and people were just taking them and, and ripping them after the game or when they got frustrated or or whatever i mean and nike released a, a statement after the game pretty much saying that uh we want to fix the the problem we're we're really hopeful that zion's okay you know uh, whatever uh yeah. spew me your concerns later but pretty much nike nike's a little bit in the hot seat but because the the biggest thing about what happened last night wasn't the fact obviously that the zion got hurt and everything grabbing for the back of his knee which was the most scariest thing i think anyone could have asked for but it was the shoes the the shoes were put into pur purgatory after that. You you see Zion walking off the court, just kind of throwing the shoe in disgust, and then I everyone focused in on the shoes. I feel like the shoes were just the mo the most important part of that entire incident last night. Yeah, they overlooked Luke May putting up thirty, 30 and points. Yeah. yeah, what? Oh, 
But, like, to be fair, Duke would have been a lot more defensively present with Zion, so yeah. who knows how the game would have went, and, but and, a good win for North Carolina. And Coach Roy Williams even came out and said that their, everything absolutely changed when Zion left the game. I mean, it was no secret. They had no paint protection. They Everything they did was, was completely crazy. But, all right, let's let's go into the, the serious uh, conversation here, and let's dissect the, the fact that, you know, Zion Williamson getting hurt, potential number one overall pick, um, and the fact that, you know, if this injury turns out to be worse, we're not sure what it quite is yet. The guy grabs the back of his knee and his knee, you know, his leg gives out on him. Yeah, that never looks good. We'll, we'll just call it the mild knee sprain that Coach K said it is for now. But how does this impact the whole conversation of college players should be getting compensated? Because get this, right? The, the, the cheapest ticket at that game last night, near $3,000. How much of that is Zion Williamson or R.J. Barrett or, or Cam Rush or any of these players seeing? Zero. Not a cent. Yeah, it's true. Um, for these big schools like Duke and the ACC, the most popular basketball conferences of the late, uh, you see many tournament winners. They are bringing so much profit into these universities and the players are only getting compensated, I guess you could say compensated, from the gear and equipment and facilities that they are getting there. But it's really for the school. And so it's getting really interesting because Luka Doncic actually brought up, yeah. why don't they just go to Europe? Yeah. Because they'll get paid handsomely over in Europe and you can play one year Euro ball and go back. So it'll be really interesting. There's also talking about that you can go into the G league for a year. And so be paid for that. I think that's a pretty good idea. If you can be like, okay, play in our developmental league for a year. Mm -hmm. So the coaches can see you because there's a lot of concern on the NBA profitability standpoint. I'll say this. I'm, I'm a full supporter that, uh, free tuition is not enough for these D one high. I, I went to all the major outlets this morning, just, you know, looking up content for the show today, ESPN, Fox sports news, the number one picture that was on the headline of all of those websites, Zion Williamson, a college player, not getting money for any of that media coverage. And now, uh, potentially if this injury could have been worse and turns out to be worse and he slips and loses out on millions of dollars that he could have potentially got. I did see this, however, and I think more college players are starting to trend this way. Zion has an $8 million insurance policy taken out on him if he should slip in the draft past 16, which I don't think will happen. No. But – I think it's important that some of these 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 young players are getting representation from the right people because we know there's some bad representation out there um, to kind of guide along the process of fixing a broken system is where I stand with it. Yeah, it's really interesting because I just think back, you got Kevin Ware who broke his whole entire yeah, leg, that's couldn't a great play example. again. Um, even Greg Oden for Portland, yeah. he made it in as mm -hmm. a first-round pick, I mean, but he was not the I same think, when he went in. I think Harry Giles is another good example uh, yeah. of a guy that had two major knee surgeries You know, coming through high school and college. He was the number one, I, I believe, the number one in the top ESPN 100 for that, that year of, uh, of recruiting. Um, something some, I was watching uh, Scott Van Pelt last night, and he made the comparison between Zion Williamson and Jadavion Clowney. Now, okay. Do you remember how Clowney coming out of college, everyone was telling, "Oh, you got to just sit the hit, the the hit, and the, the just the 
amazing specimen, the athlete that he was coming up, and everyone's telling him just to, you know, cool off, just wait. He goes number one overall, and, you know, it's it's worked out so far for him. Yeah, he's actually one of the top, I don't you know, know. There's a lot of Seahawks rumors, maybe. I don't know. I'm, oh, just, I'm just touching on that completely besides oh, the point. Yeah. But that brought up the, the great conversation of when, you know, when these Zion Williamson's, Jadavion Clowney's, these these – above the rest athletes i call them the two percent athletes are coming up and you know there is injury risk they need they need someone to represent them in a way to tell them you know because at a young age i i I guarantee you that zion's going to come out of this say oh i'm not sitting at all you know he didn't leave the building uh when he got that injury he went to the training room his mom and dad apparently had to come in and kind of talk him down because he was trying to run it off oh yeah he would have done it he would have done it he's got that you know athlete mentality where he's just like i'm gonna play our team's gonna win and this is what's gonna happen and i respect that and the thing about it nba gms and front offices are getting even more uh what's the word i'm like salivated at at that at that point that the kid doesn't want to leave he still wants to compete but someone's got to be there to tell him slow down let's not make this any worse than it could have been but I don't know. I think I think where we should be after last night is just realizing that, like I said, it's a it's a system that's kind of broken right now, and I think it definitely needs to be fixed. But let's hope that it's not a meniscus or anything like that. Oh, meniscuses or, are terrible. Ah, uh, the the meniscuses when the meniscus starts to go. I'm a big Blazers fan. I remember Brandon Roy's knees just slowly deteriorating. So no one knows about the meniscus issues more than I have. I mean, I haven't really. I'm I'm blessed. I haven't had a serious knee injury. I've had ankle problems. I, I I partially tore my Achilles, but anyway, we're getting off track now. Let's go. Let's get back to some other frustrations that we have this week, Noah. All right. So here's one that just had me fired up for about three hours yesterday, and that was the Russell Wilson to the New York Giants that. rumor. I saw that. I saw that. That uh, it's it's clickbait. It has to be. It. I feel it is. But the more I look at it, I'm like, actually, I could see this happening because now he's married, has a family, wants to have his wife have profitability. Let's let's dissect this for what it could be. We won't even I, I don't even want to acknowledge this as an actual possibility because it just makes no sense for Seattle. Makes no sense at all. It definitely makes sense for the Giants. I mean, <laughs> absolutely it yeah. does. But what would Seattle even benefit out of this deal? What would they get? Okay, so what I, does New York have to even offer? In a I thought of deal? one hypothetical scenario that could work if they did it this year and this year only. All right, what what is it? Okay, so you would have to trade their, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, okay. and their first round pick for this year for even me to consider it. But then I look at it and I'm like, well, they the whole reason of getting Russell over there would probably be so Odell could have a quarterback that could throw to him. Exactly. <laughs> and we, we Seattle doesn't want Saquon Barkley. They have Chris Carson. He's an ah, animal. Come on, Chris Carson's gonna be done in the league in two years. No, look. If How many Seahawks quarterback or, or running backs have we seen run themselves into the dirt, Thomas Rawls, and yeah. never come back? The way Chris Carson plays, he's not gonna be their their future. I've had this this heated conversation with plenty of Seahawks fans that I have been a huge supporter of. Yeah. Um, is uh your, the rookie out of San Diego State? Oh, um, Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny. He's pretty good. He he flashed some some spice last season, and you spent a first round pick on him when you probably shouldn't have. No, so you might as well not. give the the kid the keys to the to the Plymouth. But you know, no, 
No. Yeah. It, 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 the, the thing is, though, this is an actual... It, the sad part is this is an actual rumor. Uh, Colin Coward was dissecting it on The Herd. They even touched it on Undisputed this morning. Oh, yeah. I'm like, come on. Come on. No way. I, I, I've been... I think that if you want my my honest opinion, I think that the Giants will go quarterback obviously in this draft, and they'll they'll take the the flyer on Kyler Murray or or Dwayne Haskins. But Russell Wilson to the Giants, come on, come on. The, the, I've seen crazier things. So I have I seen crazier just, things. Just, That's true. I've I seen could a, see it happen. I've seen a lot of crazy things in the uh, in the league. One of the one of those crazy things that whole we're gonna flip to the NBA now. The whole Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie flip and and all yeah. that. That'd probably be top the list of craziest transactions I've ever seen. Well, and then, oh, jeez, that gets opens up a can of worms for me. Yeah, please open it up. Isaiah Thomas, he's he's undervalued in the league ever since he had his one injury, yeah. and then he got it re-aggravated last year. So now the Nuggets actually have probably one of the best backups in the whole league because mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas is actually a starter could, on most teams. We could talk for a while about how good the Nuggets could be and how I'm – I'm getting so excited. This is my favorite time of year in, in basketball, period. You got late February basketball in, in the college realm, which is the best time of the year. Everyone's trying to fight for a, a bubble spot. And, of course, the second half of the NBA. The NBA's back tonight. TNT's got a slate of games. You got Boston and Milwaukee. That should be a great game. And the Rockets and the Lakers. Who's, Rockets who and the Lakers. Who knows what's happening now? Uh, LeBron's playoff mode has been activated, apparently. So now I'm supposed to be scared. Um, we'll talk about that a, a little bit later, but I want to get to another point, another frustration I have right here. That's the whole uh, this is this whole AD story going on with the Pelicans. It's ongoing. It's going to be ongoing for the next however X amount of months before they trade him finally. Um, but my problem with it was is that they fired their GM Dell Demps, and I don't I don't know how much the blame should be put on him because it was a management ownership front on, it was an everyone involved in this whole disaster of not trading him before the deadline and now you're in a situation where apparently they're even reaching out to the NBA to try and see if there's some kind of uh, solution they can come up with where they can sit him for the rest of the season. Where where do you stand on this because I'm at the point where they should have gotten rid of him in the first place. Well, I'm sick of hearing about it now. Um, if if they wanted to legitimately get rid of him, you get rid of him. Because if you think about it, he you know left with an injury last week. He tweaked his shoulder, whatever. He played yeah. in the All-Star game. He's not hurt. But pretty much it was a, a tweak enough to keep him out because if he does get hurt to the point where he loses value for the Pelicans, it not only looks bad f- for them not getting anything in return, but it looks even worse for not trading him when he was healthy so you could get something for the kid. Well, and I understand why the Pelicans would want to trade him. You have really good power forwards and centers on that team. Yeah. You have Julius Randle. You have... Uh, Julius Okafor has been yeah, having somewhat of a bench. resurgence lately. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, with, with those guys actually improving from the big man spot, why don't you go invest in some guards I, and some shooters? I get it that the haul they were getting in return from the Lakers, they didn't have... Uh, a player in that deal that they looked at and said, wow, they this guy can be our future franchise. This could be that building piece, right? Uh, you look at Lonzo Ball, can't shoot. They weren't, you know, they weren't sold on that. The Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma. I like Kyle Kuzma a lot. I don't understand why I don't why like they Brandon Ingram, him. but they were throwing two future firsts in that. And it got to a point where I was looking at it, I was like, wow, 
are they really being convinced by other league execs around you know the league that the, they just shouldn't trade AD to the Lakers to the point where they're passing up good offers? Because to me, obviously AD is a top five player. He's going to take anyone to the next level, but you got to get something for the guy. Yeah, he can't win on his own. He needs shooting around him. And I will say that if it turns out that this whole thing wasn't to get AD in a Celtics uniform because they like the pieces they'd get in return from Boston better, and AD ends up going to, oh, I don't know, the Heat or some outside team we didn't think of, I'm going to be pissed, Noah. Yeah, I'm he'll be, be mad too. Yeah, he'll be mad too. Yeah, absolutely. He, he pretty much wasted a, a season, didn't get to – because if I'm AD, I, 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 could, I would want to compete right now. Yeah, and and he does. That's the thing. He does. And it's really hard because big men just don't last as long in the league. They get leg injuries yeah, because they're longer. True. It's yeah. just a fact. I mean, he, uh, everyone was kind of getting on him with him saying that, you know, I don't know how much time, more time I'm going to be playing in this league. He's like, oh, shut up, AD. You're, you're 24, 25. You guys, that's not true, though. Not we have really. seen players' careers cut short on in an instant with – with injuries, you know, Brandon Roy was. Um, I'll I'll go oh, back yeah. to Brandon Roy, <laughs> Brandon Roy every chance I get because one of my favorite players. He, he gave me my childhood of growing up watching Blazer basketball. Um, but anyway, well, we'll we'll move on from that. I want to go to uh, I want to go to another segment here. Let's go to some. Did the other team win or did your team lose? I want you to go first here because what I have to say uh, is a little bit. It dives a little bit more deep uh, than perhaps what you have. Okay, so I've been watching the AF like as everyone should. Yeah, yeah. I I like the it. Alliance it's good of football. American oh, Football, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Get used to it; it's going to be around for a long time. I like me some Birmingham Iron. Yeah, they uh, yeah. they play old school football. You know, they have the really hard hitting defense, and they got Trent Richardson got, running the ball. <laughs> they got the former third <laughs> overall pick, uh, Trent Richardson, on the team. I've been loving me some AAF. Uh, football it doesn't really roll off your tongue like I like you'd want it to, but um, people all over big executives are funneling money. The uh, the the chairman of the University of uh, Miami, I believe, funneled over two hundred million into the AAF now, and it's growing a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's two hundred fifty million. Yeah. yeah, and so that was because they couldn't make payroll, which is really sad. Because, but it's this upstart league. You have to. You have so Ooh. many. Uh, early costs that it just makes sense why it would have that effect. But they were playing the Salt Lake Stallions. Yeah. And uh, the yeah. Salt Love Lake these Stallions. Names too. Yeah, really good names. Yeah. Yeah. They're just having fun down there. This oh, is a yeah. breath of fresh air from the NFL for sure. Yeah, and so Salt Lake, they were up early. They had a 9-0 lead. Uh-huh. And uh, the, the Birmingham Iron was just just had their second half just twelve points. Trenton Richardson was running all over the field catching balls. Oh, I was excited. See, this is awesome because I don't remember the last time that I was excited watching NFL football. I mean, I've been a Cowboys fan for my whole life for starters, but now you're having you're introducing the the upbringing AAF, AAF league and. All, all my friends are talking about. I have uh, a friend that lives down in San Diego that, of course, their team left for L.A., you know, whatever. Um, but he's all on the, the San Diego fleet down there now, oh, yeah. and a lot, of, a lot of San Diego natives are. And, you know, d- teams that are being brought up in places that don't have a big NFL presence, this is, this is big. Yeah, it's really cool. It's finally what we've been waiting and for. And then we get the XFL in yeah. another year, and they're talking about they That's might a great be point. playing against each other, yeah. which was just, oh. Like, because I had this conversation, too, because everyone's like, well, the AAF is here. What's the point of the XFL now? 
Um, there's a big point of oh, the yeah. XFL. I think you know as much as you know Vince McMahon and the the regime over there looks at this like, oh, this is competition. You know, it's also a point to grow what you're doing too. And also, the XFL was talking a different way of recruiting their players. Yeah, they were talking about taking like the Taysom Hill from uh, from the Saints. Uh, from the Saints, yeah, as as a quarterback in their league, take some of the low tier backups in the NFL and mm-hmm. put them in instead of just the practice squad and people that haven't been able to make it on a practice squad. Yeah, I like this a lot. I like I I, I can't wait to to watch how the AAF uh, grows on um, that kind of transitions into what I have to say. Um, so Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed settled uh, with the NFL recently. We haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. And I think this segues because, you know, a lot of people all the time have been, especially with the emergence of the AAF, have been saying, you know, well, why doesn't Kaepernick go and play in the AAF? You know, is, is he too hot-headed and he wants to be at the highest level? Yeah, of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? He's proved that he went to a Super Bowl, for one. He's proved that he can play in that league. But let's talk about the actual settlement here because this this is big news. No, this is really big news because settle, they both parties settled. So to me, what that means is, one, the NFL had stuff that they did not want to get out, right, in depositions. They had a lot of garbage, a lot of, ooh, we don't want the public to, to see this. And, you know, uh, according to, you know, the, the Twitter sphere and social media is around 60 to 80 million uh, that the NFL settled for and ended up giving uh, Colin Kaepernick in return. But there were, there were two sides to this because obviously the NFL was scared, right? If this investigation kept on going, b- besides the, you know, the slave owners mentality that's mm-hmm. been casted upon most of the league in, uh, in the last couple of years, you know, the further this investigation goes, it would be a horrible PR image for the NFL, right? Besides the point of what is actually intended to happen with this you know case that uh, Kaepernick and Reed filed and of course Eric Reed got a contract with the Panthers so I helped I think that helped ease the situation a little bit but to me what what kind of stuff does the NFL really have to hide that they aren't willing to defend themselves because they're guilty they're guilty they yeah. are very guilty, and that's as much as it's a good thing they sell, it's a bad thing they sell because it gives us the perception that they are hiding a lot from us. Yeah, well, the NFL is notorious for hiding things in general. Oh, yeah. From pre-Roger Goodell to Roger Goodell now, who knows what's going on. And the and the constant issues of the, the lack of information and the lack of video that they get when other – Outlets and TMZ get a hand of a hold of it so easily, you know they they, they can't afford any more uh, a public disaster. So I think this is kind of what resulted. But on the Kaepernick side too, according you know to what I was listening to, there was things that Kaepernick side didn't want to get out about them also, and some of the stuff that you know, the NFL had against them. So this goes both ways. Yeah, it typically does in cases like this. So. Um, Back into uh, into just law in general, you always with a when you're dealing with a big corporation, you always try to go and uh, settle it through arbitration because the lawsuit is typically going to not benefit either side. Um, sometimes it it does benefit the person against the big corporation, but it turns out that you're still going to make a lot more out of the arbitration and not going into the lawsuit because the lawyers can typically deal with it. And 
it, what really shocks me is that Kaepernick must have had a real lot of information on the NFL in order for him to even make it to the stage of development uh, that they were at. And, and the biggest thing there was, so the desp- the depositions obviously where all the the evidence is laid out and everything, and this makes me believe that there was collusion between the owners, obviously, and text messages, emails, you know, pure hard evidence that this league did not want Colin Kaepernick playing for them because of his, you know, his beliefs, which is yeah, stu- ridiculous. Yeah, Just ridiculous, it's it's obviously. one of, it's it's pretty silly regardless of what you're believing for him to play or not. Um, regardless if you like what he did or not. I hope just, yeah. that we do get to see Colin Kaepernick play in the NFL again. I think that would be a great story, and it would be a great chance. I I was never a believer in his actual talent to play quarterback. I, I think that is an issue that not a lot of people considered. Uh, I seem to remember him throwing a lot of balls in the dirt. Yeah. Um, his accuracy is just not good, not that strong of an arm. And yeah, he's defensive. got that Cam Newton accuracy yeah. where he tends to overthrow him way too far yeah. or underthrow him. Um, I hope he plays in the league, but no, let's move on to some, uh, to some is that cheating or not? Uh, I want to start with mine. Let's talk about the Golden State Warriors because Boogie Cousins is getting a minutes increase. Is this cheating or not? Because with with the way Boogie was already playing and the, the, the second chance points that he allows a team like the Warriors to have with, with sh- lethal shooters at every position outside of Draymond Green with his backpack jump shot. Ugh. I mean, it's cheating before Boogie Cousins even went there for me. So, But the minutes increase worries me too because obviously this man of his stature and his size coming off a torn Achilles tendon – uh, the 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 mantra that he's going forward with is just 100%. Don't even think about the injury. If you feel good, then play like you feel good. I'm I'm scared for him because I'm a big Boogie Cousins fan. Besides the fact that he's on the Warriors, I always wanted Portland to swing a deal from him just because I think he he could be a incredible piece for an actual team that needs him. The Warriors don't need him. Yeah, I they don't, don't think. I mm, I'm gonna. I'm going to rephrase that a little bit. I think now the Warriors need him. To last year the Warriors didn't need him. With how every every other team in the league is retooling and, you know, constructing their rosters recently, I do think that Boogie Cousins is a necessary addition for this postseason. I will say this is the most competitive league-wide it's been in yeah, a long time. A long time. And people are still like, oh, the East isn't that good. Everyone from the West good. is moving East. Yeah. you got Kawhi, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris. Yeah. Uh, Miritich just went to the Bucks. Like... Which is good because we need. There was at at. I would say the the peak of the West being just obviously better than the East was. You know, was last season. LeBron was still in the East, so I, I don't really want to. But obviously, the point is we need more talent over there in the East because there's starting talent starting to grow up over there. You got the Vucevic's of the world. You know, getting first All Star nods, D'Angelo Russell. You know, guys like that. But when you look at the West, the Kevin Durant's, the Dame Lillard's, the Westbrook's, yeah. the Curry's, the psh, come on, the Clay Thompson. Well, list most goes of on. them are on the Warriors, so yeah, that's I, why it one gets team has most of them. But James Harden, I mean Chris Paul, the Paul West George, is stacked, yeah. so we need more names in the East. Well, and Pascal Siakam in yeah. the East right now, 
Another oh, guy coming man. up. Mm. Most improved player. I, I'm just already saying it, man. Another another guy coming up for sure. Let's go ahead. Let's move on to some hot and cold takes because uh, I'm ready for that. Um, let's talk about some Joe Flacco to the uh, to the Denver Broncos. What do you oh, think yeah. of this? Case Joe, Keenum was a little bit disappointed, apparently. Well, he should be. Yeah. He just lost his job. Yeah. Joe Flacco had a really good early season last year. He can be consistent at times. He's won a Super Bowl. Can he, Joe Flacco take the Broncos back to the playoffs, though? Here's what I'm thinking. He is more of a I-can-get-you-a-third-down kind of guy than Case Keenum is. He had – you also – okay, let me go back a second. Case Keenum had Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen when he was on the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Most quarterbacks – I mean, Kirk Cousins even had a good year. I would say it was a rougher year for him. I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan. I'm not yeah, either. But, but keep going. But I still think he's he's a solid quarterback. Yeah. But yeah, so Case Keenum, I'd say he's around the same skill level kind of guy. Uh-huh. Um but he had a significant decrease in receiver talent. I mean, he still had Demarius and Emmanuel, but the Denver Broncos are a run first offense. And Joe Flacco was playing on Baltimore on the Baltimore Ravens, who have had run first offenses of times. So I see him being able to at least make a significant playoff push. Joe Flacco, as Scott Van Pelt likes, I love me some Scott Van Pelt. I, I, I watch every night. One of probably my favorite ESPN personality. Anyway, um, no, not not buying it. Not a Joe Flacco fan. Uh, not and to me, you went out and got another guy that you paid. Uh, 36 million last season for I don't I don't see that significant of a difference between Flacco and Case Keenum I really don't I think Case I'm happy Keenum the Lamar the arm of Flacco. I'm happy the Lamar Jackson era in Baltimore is officially underway I love me some Lamar Jackson um, I think he has talent at the quarterback than most people give him credit for and he's not just a, a crazy shifty elusive runner he interests me. I really hope that Michael Vick helps him out a lot, which yeah. he seems to be doing. Yeah. Because Michael Vick is basically the same player as Lamar Jackson, and Michael Vick didn't necessarily have the best systems around him. He did when he was with Andy Reid, for sure. And then he had his little incident, and he was really good with the Falcons. Uh, I hope... You know, I I, I like Von, I like the defense. The Denver. I've always been a Von Miller appreciator. Uh, the guy's a, a wrecker on the defense, as I like to call him. <laughs> but uh, I don't I don't see the Broncos really. I like taking Philip the Lindsay time. a lot. Philip Lindsay's nice. Well, uh, yeah, forgot and they're that. They're apparently name. getting John Brown. Yeah. Well. Oh, whoa. <laughs> John Brown could <laughs> really make, He's put him over deep the edge. Threat, man. We'll we'll see what happens oh. there. Let Let's move on, Noah. We mentioned it earlier. It's time for playoff LeBron. Yes or no, hot or cold take, do the Lakers make the postseason? Yes, the Lakers, 100% hot take, make the postseason. Here comes do you wanna... LeBron going into his like his rejuvenated off the injury. He's going at it mode, attack mode LeBron. Uh, my, my, my reaction when the Lakers don't make the playoffs. Ready? <laughs> Woo! Let's go. Huh? Come to the West and see what kind of what kind of talent and what kind of, you know, 
playoff intensity you can bring, right? You, you get that eighth, seventh seed, right? You you strive for that. You you play a, an OKC in the first round. Maybe you'll even make it to the second round. But if this team and the pieces that LeBron doesn't has around him right now can't make the postseason, it's not. We're not going to place the blame on the the talent he has around them because the the expectation that we've been given because of the stuff that LeBron has done in the East, we expect him to put those kids on his back and make the postseason. If he doesn't, I'm just laughing. I'm laughing. There's nothing else. The LeBron era is coming to an end. It is. 100%. He's slowing down for sure. I don't know how much, and, and I was having this argument the other day too, people want to use this recent injury as an excuse to say, you know, oh, the LeBron era is coming to an end. His body's starting to wind down on him, blah, blah, blah. First it's the groin, then it's the knee. I'm not buying that. LeBron is a, a, is a special, different caliber athlete with m- way above the recuperating, you know, money. The, he, the money he has to put into his body. I remember uh, he, he, he came public one year and said the, the amount of money he spends on his body to recuperate every year is north of like $2 million. Yeah. None of us have or can even think about that kind of money. So with the help that you have to recuperate, I'm not I'm not going to go down the route of saying this that LeBron's done, you know, with his style of play and what he does, but the competition that he has to go against in the West to get to the postseason. Lakers are I believe four games out right now, right? Yeah. And the they're they're competing with the Kings. And don't get me started on how much I would love to see the Kings in the oh, postseason. I, re- I really like the Kings, but I still just see – well, you also have the Clippers who are in that kind of area too, and so it'll be interesting. I still think LeBron can pull it out. If we'll he was able to take that team that he had last year in the East – I mean, I know the East That's is true. weaker, but he took that team yeah. to the finals, he can make the playoffs this year. We'll, we'll see what happens. I just think that – you know, there's there's so much more competition that you're going to be facing down the stretch of these last you know 20 or so games. All right, let's move down. You you had this one, and I like this one. Oh, this is a good this is a good debate here. Let's talk about some Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hot or cold take? The best player in the league right now. This is really hard for me. Cold I take would, for me. I would I would say I would go with with cold right now. Play best player playing right now to me, Paul George. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. He's the best two-way player. And I don't like I don't like how the MVP works at all no, in the NBA either. because they're going to give it to a popularity yeah, contest. Yeah, to a James Harden, Russell Westbrook and I don't even think they're close. Uh, uh, James Harden is probably one of the best scorers in the league. Yeah. His defense is a liability. Yeah. And another topic we could talk about at a later time, you know, the the play style that Houston plays with, you know, Kobe's been real critical of that. Everyone's been real critical of the fact that you're not going to win with the ball dominant style offense that James Harden plays with and the Rockets play with. But anyway, yeah, to me, best player playing right now, Paul George. Yeah, Giannis is a close second yeah. for me. Don't don't get me wrong, what Giannis is, what he's been doing, but Come on, man. Paul, Can't hit the three if you haven't been watching Paul, Paul George, George play, then don't talk to me. Period. It's not a conversation. I was watching the game where he went off for 45 on 12 of, I think, 15 shooting and 6 for 7 from three-point land against Portland right before the All-Star break. Yeah. Come on, man. The the Thunder are actually a legitimate contender this year. And here's they one thing. Are. you got to listen to the players. When the players tell you who is the best 
our opinions are invalid. They know who is the best player. And Dame, CJ, all the Portland players came out after that game saying, I've, I haven't seen Paul George play like this. He is the best player in this league right now. He is the MVP. Yeah. If anyone else wins it, that's a mistake. Um, all right, we got a couple more here before we round out the show today. Um, you were talking about Odell Beckham a little bit earlier and the yeah. whole Russell Wilson, you know, garbage rumor that he's going to the Giants. Pfft, okay. Uh, a stronger rumor that I like more. The, to me, okay, let's start with this. Uh, the Patriots, right? Yeah. How much more, how many more runs do you think Brady has in him and, and Belichick has? I don't know. Is the this it? Are they going to be winding down? I think they are, but then they prove me wrong all the time, so I don't know. Okay, what if I what if I were to tell you that they would trade for Odell Beckham Jr.? Instantly, f- Super Bowl favorite? I don't think they'd trade for him, but they could be a Super Bowl why, favorite. Why wouldn't you think they would trade for him? I don't think they'd trade for him because that's not the way the Patriots do their business. They went out and got Randy Moss some, some millennium ago. Yeah. Millennium, but, but... Okay, yeah, they got Randy Moss... When they they, they, were, they, they like had, their high yeah. profile stars, they went out and did the they Josh do. Gordon experiment. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. Odell's expensive. Odell's very expensive. That's the only reason why I'm like, would yeah, Bill Belichick yeah. touch? And who would they have to give up? Yeah. Well, they would definitely throw in their picks, 100. percent Yeah, they wouldn't care about the picks at that. They, point. they would throw in some standout defensive player that they'll go find another version of. I mean, but. That's I mean it's it's been a conversation for the last couple of years now. Obviously if the, it starts here. If Eli Manning is in a Giants uniform and the starting quarterback for the Giants, they need to trade Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, they, they need to trade Odell. The Giants Beckham. need to just cut Eli Manning. I'm sick of it. He's just not He'll, good. Eli will retire before they cut him. He he, he won't he won't let the Giants cut him. He should two-time retire Super Bowl, right now. Two-time Super Bowl winner for that franchise. I understand, Can't take it away from but him. I hate him more point. than anyone else does, but yeah, I, I hate watching I mean, him play. Oh well, yeah, I I just get irritated because it's like, yeah, he was a pretty good quarterback. He's comparable to Jay Cutler in almost every statistical category, but Super Bowls. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I've just seen him play the last couple of years. Sick of it. They need a rookie quarterback, and this is the year to do it. They have the number six pick. Let's go. Let's uh let's stick with the NFL here as we uh as we reach the tail end of the show. Le'Veon Bell recently tweeted, uh, of course, after the Steelers said that they aren't going to place the franchise tag on him for the third, I believe, fourth year in a row now. This would have been, jeez, I hate the franchise tag. Anyway, um, but tweeting out, I'm free, I'm free, finally I'm free, an unrestricted free agent, does he deserve a lucrative Todd Gurley-like contract. Depends where he goes. If he goes to the Jets or some team like that, yes, Mm -hmm. because they're going to pay him that, and he would be the best player on their team. Not a question. Yeah. But if he goes to a legitimate contender, he should still get a healthy salary. We've seen what he's been able to do. Um, But you also have to keep into account Pittsburgh's O-line. Is fantastic. Has been for a long time. Yeah. Andrew Villanueva is that anchor. By far one of the best O-linemen in the league for years. Yeah, a a veteran group of guys, definitely. Um, There always is something to be said about the quality of the offensive line that you're going to. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Uh, The running back can't operate without room. 
Yeah, they need room to run. You need holes. And Le'Veon Bell is a speed back who's a little shifty. He, he's got he's got the whole bag. He really does. You can split him out wide. You can use him as a receiver. He is on a team like the Jets. I would like to see because the Jets have no skill players. They really don't. Yeah, they Sam couple, Darnold. Yeah. Looked good with the little talent around him. I'm not a big Sam, Sam Donald believer because I've never been a USC quarterback believer. Mm. Um, I can bring Peyton Barron's in here at some point to talk some USC football. He's a big USC guy, and I'd love to tell him to his face that USC has produced some of the worst quarterbacks they of sure all time. Have. Of all time. Uh, Mark Sanchez. Um, <laughs> but I mean, he did a one one year. Oh. Noah, do we got anything else to talk about today before we uh, before we head out? I'll just throw a little quick little tidbit. Ray Allen retired too early. Yeah, um, I like that. Yeah, last night, good tidbit to end on. Uh, he was schwapping in that celebrity yeah. <laughs> game. Uh, the the introduction of the four point line, and then so the gist of it was they were given a charity throughout the whole thing. Yeah. So they put the four point line in, and every uh, four point make. Uh, was I believe a thousand dollars donated to uh, uh, a certain charity, and, and if they hit so many, it was like yeah. an extra. $10, and of course, $1, they bring in the greatest three-point shooter of all time in that game because everyone's looking at it. Well, this is unfair. How can you have Ray Allen in the celebrity game? He's that's unfair. Well, the point of it was to give to, to charity. charity. So, and his team didn't win. And absolutely, I don't. The the lateral speech probably not, but bring him off the bench and just you know. Uh, getting those three, the, the the little crab dribble shuffle of the feet travel he had. I'm, I'm going to refer back to that, that shot in game six of the finals. He traveled on that. I will never, never, ever, ever stop saying that. Um, but it was still a great shot. I anyway, mean, it's still one of the greatest shots ever. You can't, I mean, it brings him to the I game seven. You, you can't call a travel on that. I was yeah. re-watching <laughs> that film, and I was just like, that's a travel. That is a travel. Come I mean, to on. me, it wasn't a travel. And like, I'm happy I mean, I'm just not a Spurs fan because, man, that was definitely a travel. But well, anyway, yeah, definitely retired too early. Yeah, and it was just interesting because there was like, oh, do I go to the Warriors or the Cavaliers for many years? And he just never did. And uh, the Naismith uh, Hall of Fame inductee, very much deserved. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Yeah. no question. Made the Sonics look good. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. in a time where the Sonics were not very good. I know, they had him and Luke Ridenour, and that was about it. Luke Ridenour, there's a nice name I haven't heard in a while. There we go, Blaine Washington. Blaine Washington, wow, we're really coming out. Darius Miles, I'll start naming some Portland nobodies. Um, All right, well, I think that's going to do it for our show today. Uh, We'll be back next week, maybe not the same time. Uh, We had some cancellations this week, but we will get you your fearless frustrations nonetheless.